really fun question to ask as we get started today. And trust me, it will get more fun from here. But have you ever felt like you were a mistake or that you are somehow insignificant to God or insignificant to God's plan in the earth? You don't have to answer that question. I will answer for you. And I will say on my own behalf, I have felt that way. I have felt all three of those. Like something was wrong about me. And, and I, you want to ask me questions about that. I'm happy to share lots of my uh, testimony uh, with you of how God literally has redeemed my very identity um, and who I am as a man. And so that's, that's a, a great thing for my family. <laughs> If you've ever felt insignificant, like who you are in God doesn't really matter, what we're going to read today speaks right to that. Um, we're moving forward in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to be reading verses 12 through 26 today. And the little uh, heading in my Bible that is not part of the original uh, scriptures, but what it says is unity yet diversity in the body. Unity, yet diversity in the body. And we're calling this one body, beautiful diversity. In, in the day and time in which we live, a biblical, God-rooted diversity is important in the church. It's very important in the church. And depending on who you are and what your background is or what your political persuasion is, you can hear the word diversity and you can cheer or you can hear the word diversity and you can be like, what are you doing? Where are we going? You're scaring me. But there is a beautiful diversity in the body of Christ that God himself has designed. And we're going to, I'm actually going to read verse one and then we're going to jump to verse 12. We've been in this series about spiritual gifts and learning how to use them. What's their role in the church today? And you'll notice we didn't leave a lot of room in our, in our worship time today uh, because of the chili feed. My goodness, there's a lot of food back there. We want to leave lots of time for us to hang out and lots of time for you to encourage one another as we do that. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be unaware. God wants us aware. So now we're going to skip in on into verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many parts and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free And we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye... Monsters Incorporated, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? 
But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. We're going to stop right there. I was joking about it a minute ago. I I am a runner and I love running. I love distance running. And some of you already are just checking out like this man is sick and twisted and wrong. We don't know if we should believe anything else that he has to say if he actually likes this, but I actually do. And I was out running this summer training for a half marathon again. Sorry, you know, and I was doing all these downhill Uh, downhills, like when you're doing hills, you have ups and then you have downs. And the downhills are actually harder for me than the uphills. They're harder on my body. And I'm going to try not to be too gross with this, but let's just say one of my toes was damaged with all the downhill running. One toe out of 10, one toe. And that one toe was irritating my whole body. And my whole body was suffering with that one, that one toe. I was like, what happened to this? My, my daughter, Michaela, it's, where is she? Sorry. Yeah. She's looking at me right now. Like, why are you talking about feet? (laughs) Told I'll move on. I'll move on. Every part matters. Every member of the body matters. And you may think, I'm not so sure I believe you. Do I really matter? And this is what Paul is getting at here. We're going to hit three key areas. There are three eyes because I like alliteration. And the, the first one is this inclusion. We are one body in Christ, but we have many parts. One body many parts. Paul uses the analogy of the human body on purpose to describe the church, but to describe the church as a reflection of Christ. He says, as the body is one with many members, so is Christ. We are a reflection of Christ. We're meant to be a reflection of Christ, which is why when the church is messed up and the parts aren't functioning well together, the world looks at us and goes, If that's what Jesus is like, uh, I don't want none of that. Because we're meant to reflect Christ and we are reflecting something whether we know it or not. 
And as we continue to grow and mature together in relationship, in gifting, as we're growing and maturing, we will better represent Christ to the world. But you know what? Even if you are the least mature or you feel that way, God says every one of us, all of us were baptized by one spirit into one body. And he says, you could be a Jew, you could be a Greek. That's in, in Paul's world, there were the Jews and there were the non-Jews. And the non-Jews were on the outside and the Jews were in the in club. Unless you were a Gentile, in which case they thought the Jews were on the outside and all the rest of us, we're the, we're the in club. And there was this racism just prevalent. And Paul says, in Christ, whether Jew or Gentile, we all are baptized into one body. Whether you're slave or free. And in that day, in that time, there was many people who were slaves as there were who were free. And in the church, it was radical because the slaves and the free would come together. It could be a slave serving communion to a free person. It could be a slave who's prophesying and who is speaking life, laying hands on someone who is free, but who is sick. And it, it could be the, the free person laying hands on a slave to set them free. It was actually radical. Because in the body of Christ, they came together as one. There was something about this baptism. Baptized into Christ. And baptized by one spirit. That unites the church. Galatians 3.28 actually includes uh, male and female in that as well. So you can come in. You could be old. You could be young. You could be of whatever ethnic background you are. You, you come in as male, you come in as female, and we come in together as one body. And we're all given the same Holy Spirit of God to drink into our lives. Isn't that amazing? This is who we are, guys. We are, we are one family. Now, a healthy functioning body has many parts. Um, sometimes we have less than healthy functioning bodies. <laughs> Every part matters. The person who feels unimportant is actually believing something that is not true. You may feel unimportant. It doesn't make it any less true that who God designed you to be is necessary to his body. John 10.10. I come back to this one a lot. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. That's the first half of the verse. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. He wants to steal your identity. He wants to steal your security in Christ. He wants to destroy any hope you would have of mattering in the kingdom of God. He wants to convince you that your gift, the part that you play, doesn't matter. You could show up or not show up. It doesn't matter. Because eh, it's just me. That's the thief stealing from you. You matter. Your gift matters. Jesus wants you drinking of his spirit regularly so that you can securely serve from that place 
that place of identity with him. The second half of John 10, 10 says, but I have come that you may have life, depending on your translation, have it abundantly, have it to the full. It's this life overflowing. You're just crammed full of the life of God. Like if I could, if I could fill, fill you up and then press everything down, like we were raking leaves in our yard. It's that time of the year, right? And that, that green bin gets totally full. We actually had to get Michaela to get up into the bin. It's like, it's like pressing the grapes, you know, like, uh, but it's squishing those leaves down to make more room so we could get more leaves in it. That's the kind of abundant life and the kind of fullness God wants for you. And that begins just with your relationship with him, your identity found in him, security in Christ. Like, I'm so full of the life of God that now I have like service flowing out of me. It's, it's pouring out from the overflow. And when we don't have that security, what we tend to do is we tend to look at other gifts around like the ear saying, well, gosh, look at all that stuff that the eye is doing. I guess I don't really matter. But if all you were was a big eye, I mean, I joke about Monsters, Inc. If I saw like a real, a real Mike Wazowski walking around, like just a giant eye with legs, that would be creepy. We need the ear. We need, we need every part. But when we start to compare ourselves with one another, well, my gift isn't like her gift. My gift isn't like hers. We're living in this place of insecurity, which leads us into envy. Like, oh, I just wish I had what they had. You have the same Holy Spirit that they have. You have the same full inclusion in Christ that they have or that I have. This is ours in Christ together. Isn't that cool? So then we move on. Not only do we have full inclusion, but there is this interdependence designed by God. There is a necessary diversity. Do you know that God didn't give you all the gifts on purpose? <laughs> Let me just interrupt for a second because we said we said earlier in this series you are a gift. Every one of us, you are a gift. It's not just the things you do that give you like dignity and honor and a place in the kingdom. You are a gift to God's people and we are a gift to you. And I, I said I'm going to interrupt because Matt and Linda are a gift to us. And they've not been able to be here for months. And we've been praying and praying and seeking God for them. And they're starting to get medical answers and provision. How cool is that? And here they are for the first time in months. So we just celebrate that. <laughs> Woo! Love it. Love it. <laughs> who, who is this? There's going to be other people that have, have gathered and, and added into our church since July who are going to be welcoming you guys at the door. <laughs> guys, the best 
parts of the body, the, I'm putting that in quotes, the best parts, the things we would, we would think this is the most important. Just whatever you would fill in, in, in the blank with. Think about just our Sunday morning gatherings. What would be the most important? Don't answer that question. <laughs> you could think, oh, well, John is definitely the most important because he's the one preaching most of the time. So that makes John the most important. Do you know that the very best important, thank you for shaking your head. Mary's, Mary's making it clear. I am not the most important. <laughs> the people who are responsible for the coffee now there is the most important. <laughs> coffee helps me love Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is good all the time and coffee helps me remember that. Okay. The best parts are still incomplete without the others. What we would think of as the most important are not the whole package. The eye has no sense of smell, no sense of taste, and no sense of hearing. The eye can't run to the store and pick up any groceries when it gets there. The ear can't see or smell or give you a hug. I can, I can hear prophetically, but someone's got to wrap you up. The ear isn't going to wrap you up. It's not what you heard that makes people feel welcome. It takes a person loving. God has arranged each and every part in the body just as he wanted. So whether or not we get it all sorted out and we understand, oh, this is how you fit in the body. God knows how you fit. And God is the one who says you matter. He orders and he brings beautiful order to his church, the body of Christ. It would be terrible if we were all ears. So there's a dignity that we have in Christ. And at the same time, there's also this, this idea of, he says, like the eye cannot say, doesn't say should not say, the eye cannot say, truthfully, I don't need you. It's wrong. It's completely wrong to say, I don't need you. So for me to be self-important, I'm putting myself in it. You can put yourself in this. For any of us to be self-important or start getting prideful about our gift as if it's all about us is silly. Because you're not the whole package. You matter to the package. You matter to the body, but you're not the whole body. So it's both silly and sinful. We do need your gifts functioning. God says so. Isn't that good to know? God himself is the one who says, we need you functioning. We need you to be healthy so you can function well. And you know when you're not healthy? God's giving the rest of the body grace for you. When I'm not healthy, God's giving you grace for me. Because we're all still growing up together into who he's designed us to be. You know that Destination Church... I mean, as great as we all are, ha, 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 we're four years old. How many four-year-olds do you know that are like deeply mature? <laughs> we're four years old. That means we got growing to do. 
We've got maturing to do. We're figuring out how do these gifts function here? How do we function together? And as we start getting a little older, you ever see like preteens and early young teens and they start getting a little bit gangly? It's like feet are a little bit bigger than, than the body. You know, like what? We're figuring things out and it's normal. It's normal. And Destination Church is not the whole package either, you guys. It isn't all about D.C. We can't say to other churches in our city, we have no need of you. I'm not just saying we shouldn't say it. We can't honestly say it. We can't. And some of us have been burned by other churches. Me too. But I can't say, I have no need of you. We can't say to other church denominations, I have no need of you. Because they also are a gift to the body. We can't say to the church in other nations, I have no need of you. You know that the charismatic, the charismatic Christianity is the fastest growing segment of not just Christianity. It is the fastest growing faith of any faith anywhere in the world by far. About 14% of charismatics are in the Northern Hemisphere. 86% of the charismatic and Pentecostal communities are in the Southern Hemisphere. Now that same similar statistic is true for just evangelicals as well. The vast majority of Christianity is happening south of the equator. So seriously, we can't say to other nations, we have no need of you. We are the minority. <laughs> what, what the Holy Spirit is doing around the world, we need it. We need one another. So with that big, giant, global vision in mind, whoa, who are we? You could even be like, whoa, our little Destination Church family who are we? Maybe we could feel like a weaker part of the body. What does God say about weaker parts of the body? He says, you are indispensable. You are indispensable. And you're like, what kind of honor, what kind of honor do we have or should we have even in our own city? God says, I'm giving you honor. Destination church, you matter. God is teaching and demonstrating things through the weaker parts. We had the privilege of hosting Regions Beyond leaders, uh, a few from around the Northwest uh, Thursday night and Friday morning. And one of the guys went down to Greens because we wanted to, you know, we wanted to buy local, support local. He goes down to, to Greens to pick up sandwiches for everybody that we had ordered. And the guy who owns Greens, Jack, Jack Green says to everybody in the store, points out and he says, oh, these guys are a part of that church down the street. They're doing good work in the community. I can't take your money. And he refused to let us pay for any of the food that he that we had ordered. And Jack was giving us 
honor in the community. Like, wow. And you can just think, who are we? And, and these other churches, we're like the smallest church of all the people that were there. And they all looked and went, wow, praise God. See, God's using weaker parts to demonstrate something. We matter, you guys, you matter. Okay, lastly, invested is our third I. Invested. We are called to be there for one another's success. Paul says in verse 23, those we consider less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. The expositor's Bible commentary says inconspicuous members of the church are essential. Our unrespectable parts we treat with greater respect. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable. Why? So there would be no division. And so the members would have the same concern for each other. God wants us having concern for one another, and he wants us uniting together. So like I was telling you about when me being out running and that one toe, that one toe was affecting my whole body. All the members of my body were suffering with that one small part. And God says, this is by design. When one suffers, we all suffer together. It's not that you're, you suffer alone. You were not designed to suffer alone. The Africa Bible commentary says pain is not meant to be endured in isolation. You're not meant to suffer alone. Some of you, when you are struggling, when you are suffering, you isolate. You are not meant to do that. We're not meant to suffer alone. We're meant to share the load and, and, and bear the load together. Can I just be honest? I can be one of the, those who do that. I can tend to isolate and process it alone until I get strong, until I feel good. And I'm like, okay, now I'm here for everybody again. But I'm not meant to suffer alone either. We need to be willing as a church family to go slow for one another. For those ones that are hurting, those ones that are broken, to take the time. It's not just like patch them up, get a Band-Aid on them, put, put, put your Jesus smiley face on, and let's get moving. No, we can take time for one another. That's part of what it means to invest into one, one another and be there for one another's success. And then if one is honored, one's experiencing great pleasure and joy, all the members rejoice with it. Can you rejoice in the success of someone else? Can you rejoice when someone else is being honored can you find like, wow, this is so great. I'm celebrating what God is doing in you. This is also part of what it means to be there for one another's success. So what do we do with this? Whatever you feel your gifts are 
or aren't. We've talked about things like words of knowledge and words of wisdom and prophecy and miracles, healing. We've talked about speaking in tongues and interpretation. We've talked about discerning spirits. And you're like, ah, I don't, I'm not shining in those things right now. Whatever you feel like your gifts are or aren't, every believer, regardless of racial and religious connection, history, or social standing, has been united by the one spirit into one spiritual body in baptism. We're in this together, you guys. We're in this together, a beautifully and necessarily diverse body. Imagine what could happen if we focus on identifying, fostering, and celebrating the gifts of others more than we worry about what gifts we may or may not have. Now, I'm not saying stop earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. Keep earnestly desiring. Keep growing. We want to keep growing and learning together and stretching out and expanding into things where we haven't been before, areas we haven't been. Keep doing that, but don't stress about it. You're baptized into one body. We drink of the same spirit together. So we can rejoice and celebrate the gifts that others have. Not just worry about what we're trying to get. So the question right there at the, in the middle of the screen there. Who can you honor and encourage this week? Who can you speak blessing to and say, you know what? I see this in you. And think about, think about right here in this, in this room or those that are not here today because we've got more of our family not here today too. Who can you speak into and bring encouragement to and just say, you know what? I'm so grateful for this in you. I'm so grateful for this or I see this in you. They may go, really? I don't see that at all. I see it in you. That's where I wanted to end this today is thinking about how can we encourage each other? Because we tend to, as a society, revolve very much around ourselves. My gifts, my belonging, where do I fit or don't? Let's shift it. Let's shift it into speaking life into other people. And you'll be amazed as you begin to bless, as you begin to speak life and encouragement into other people, you'll, you'll find yourself being encouraged. You'll find yourself being challenged even in your faith. Jesus, I just pray right now for every one of us in this room. Lord, would you give us eyes to see, maybe, maybe prophetic eyes that we've never felt like we had before, or ears to hear what you would want to say to that other person that we're having chili with, to that other person that we're meeting with during the week. Lord, would you give us eyes and ears? Would you uh, awaken our spiritual senses and help us to see and to speak your life into this wonderfully, beautifully diverse community? 
that you have added us to. Lord, we thank you that you're the one who designed us. You're the one who, who decided where we would fit. You place every member of your body where you want them to be. And from there you grow. From there you mature us. So Lord, help us bless well. Help us to speak life well. Give us eyes and ears and senses and courage to say what we, what we are hearing and what we are seeing. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.